Our reading is taken from the book of Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. It's a beautiful sound when you hear pages turning. Proverbs chapter 4, beginning at verse number 1. Just follow me in the reading, if you don't mind. And while I read this text, I want to read it just slow enough so you could follow along, but also I want to read it slow enough so that we could meditate on the reading as we read it. Proverbs chapter 4 from verse number 1. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to knowing understanding. For I give you good doctrine, do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words. Keep my commandment or commands and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and in all you're getting, he says, get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Hear my son and receive my sayings and the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your Steps will not be hindered, and when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not, do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it, turn away from it, and pass on. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. 
Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your feet from evil. Church, I want to encourage you from a brief exhortation I've entitled this morning, Shallow Roots Don't Make for Strong Trees. Shallow Roots Don't Make for Strong Trees. There is a truth that's littered all throughout the canon of Scripture. You might be saying to yourself, well, Brother Morgan, there are a number of truths that we do find in Scripture. And I, I would say you are absolutely right. Uh, there are some truths that we find in Scripture. And as you think of some of the truths that you find in Scripture, there, there are some that have become very evident at a, a simple cursory reading of the book of Genesis through the books of Scripture all the way through to the book of Revelation. As you think about scripture, scripture tells us that Yahweh is the creator of all things. That, that's a truth that stands in scripture. Human beings are made in the image of God. That's a truth that's found in scripture. Yahweh is a God of justice. That's a truth that's found in scripture. Yahweh is a God of mercy he is a god of compassion but also he is a god of discipline these are all truths that we find in scripture as we continue to find truth we recognize that there is an enemy that is opposed to god we know him as the devil or the satan or in our english tongue satan Yahweh wants to bless us while Satan wants and his desire is to destroy us. These are truths, church, that we find in script. Sin is the single biggest problem that man faces and it, it made its way into the world via disobedience. But Yahweh craves and commands obedience through his amazing compassion and sovereignty. That is a truth that we find in scripture. But also, as we think about our text on today, there, there is a truth that we find because there is a battle that is enraging between Yahweh and Satan, between Yahweh and the devil, and it is a battle that is raging for the hearts of all mankind. The value of the heart, therefore, is easy to see as we just look through the pages of the Bible, Genesis through Revelation. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament alone, depending on the translation that you have, the word heart is translated or is re referenced over 700 times. 
The heart is seen as a source of, as the source of all emotions for the human being. It is the place where every single thing for us begins. Fear and doubt, hate and anger, deceit, love, mercy, peace, grit, belief and faith. These all start in the heart. All of these characteristics, all of these emotions are conceived in the heart, but they are birthed in our lives. While the mind often speaks to the intellect of the man, the heart is what drives intimacy with God. There are times when the head and the heart are in opposition to each other, and often when the head and the heart is in opposition to each other, that's when the human being finds themselves in a predicament of struggle internally with something that they want to do versus something that they know they should not be doing. So as we think about the reality of the heart, I need for us to appreciate really, really quickly as I, I build this quick introduction is that there, there is a battle that is raging and it's a battle for the heart of you and me. On, on one side, we have Yahweh, we have Jehovah God, the one who desires to, to give us everything uh, within the realm of eternity, the one who desires to, to, to bring us up to where he is. And on the other hand, we have the Satan, we have the devil whose only purpose is to be contrary to everything that God is. So while God's desire is to win our hearts into life, Eternal, the devil's desire is to win our hearts to everlasting destruction. So no wonder the proverbial writer would utter the words, guard your hearts for it is out of our hearts becomes or comes the issues of life. For everything that God has blessed us with, we, 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 we find that there are some things that are important, but the thing most important I believe that God has blessed us with is our mind or our heart that he gives us and he says, I need for you to guard this. It's interesting because the mind is a, a very malleable thing. The mind is something that can be molded. The mind is something that could shift. And in as much as we find difficulty sometimes describing the, the essence of the mind or the heart, I need for us to understand and appreciate that if our heart is strong, it doesn't matter what goes on in life, we are able to stand or withstand. But when the heart or the mind is weak, then all hell breaks loose in our lives. These past couple of weeks, we've been talking about the importance and the value, the impact, and the power of the seed. On one hand, we recognize as we looked at the mustard seed, really we were looking at faith, that type of faith that you and I need to have if we have to be pleasing in the sight of God. But there is another type of seed that scripture alludes to that I want us to pay close attention to, to the for the next few minutes. If you don't mind, I want you to come with me into the book of Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. And it's really here that we're going to be, uh, for the next few minutes, gaining insight into the remainder of our lesson. That's Matthew chapter 13. Make your way down to about verse number 18 and we will terminate at verse number 23. Shallow roots 
don't make for strong trees. Matthew does something both beautiful and skillful in sharing the events of Jesus's teaching moments. Both in chapter 5 through 7, where we reference the Sermon on the Mount, and then later in chapter 13 and following, where Jesus begins to do his sermon at the sea, Jesus begins his teaching with heart teaching. Before he begins to talk explicitly about the kingdom, he begins to treat with the hearts of the individuals to whom he was speaking. And I think that's important because what Jesus is ultimately trying to do and what he was trying to do is, in as much as he was preparing them to receive the kingdom, he was first and foremost preparing them to be the kingdom. And I think in the church, we, we have to be appreciative of the fact that the same remains true even for us. Before we are ready to be in the church, we have to be, uh, associate ourselves with being the church. We have to recognize that it's not enough just to be a part of it, but we have to recognize the value of being it. Too many times we think that we are a part of it and we neglect the fact that we are it. And so the responsibility of church is placed on everybody else but the person to whom the finger is actually pointed. So Jesus isn't just concerned with them receiving the kingdom. Even though when he comes, Matthew is clear in identifying the fact that when Jesus begins preaching in his ministry, his sermons started with the kingdom is at hand. It wasn't dissimilar from John's gospel. It wasn't dissimilar, sorry, from John's message in that Jesus was preaching the coming kingdom. But before he could tell them about the coming kingdom, he wanted their hearts to be ready to receive said kingdom our hearts have to be right in order for us to receive the things of god our hearts have to be right in order for god's word to dwell in us and do in us what god's word can only do our hearts have to be right in order for the holy spirit to transform us our hearts have to be right in order for us to be deemed good servants of jesus christ for it starts church with the heart. I, I, I'm sorry, it, it, it feels like if I don't have the energy to push this through, but I, I feel like this is where I just need to be in that. I want us to appreciate that it all starts with the heart. Let me tell you why this becomes so important, because if, if your heart is right, even though at times your actions may falter, if your heart is right, then God is able to look past the act and deal directly with the heart. There is a reason why David was considered to be a man after God's own heart. Even though David committed some stuff with Bathsheba, that was a thing. But what God was looking at was the heart. You and I claim to love God and I hope that we do. And oftentimes in our love for God, we find ourselves doing 
some things, but God isn't so much concerned about the things that we do in as much as what he is looking at is the heart. You and I don't always get it right and that's not good all the time, but guess what? That's not always a bad thing because oftentimes as human beings, we don't always get it right, but thanks be to God, he doesn't always look at what my hands are doing and where my feet is walking and the things that are coming out of my mouth, what he's actually looking at is my heart. Because the heart is truly where it all starts. Gus, we don't always get it right. We don't always say the right things. We, Daniel, we don't always do the right things. We may actually make a mess of things sometimes, but truly deep down, what really matters is our heart's condition. So it starts in the heart. So in as much as we love to be in the church. In as much as we love to be around the church. In as much as we love to be in the assembly of the saints. You and I need to recognize that we are the church. And God desires to do something transformative in us. Look at what Jesus would say in the book of Matthew chapter 13 verses 18 through 23. I'll say this really quickly until you're hearing and... This brief exhortation will be yours. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches it away. What was sown where? In the heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. Say wayside. We're almost done with this message. But he who receives seed on stony places. Say stony places. This is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself but endures only for a while for when tribulation or persecution arise because of the word immediately he stumbles he who receives seed among the thorns say thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful but he who receive seed on good soil, say good soil, is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Here's what I want us to recognize, and this brief exhortation is going to be yours. Here's why I want us not to become complacent in our faith. Here's why I want us to not become complacent. Some of us have been Christians for well over 30 years, 40 years. Some of, some of us are gray and we've been Christian and, and Christianity is the only thing that we've known. Here's why I don't want us to become complacent because here's the thing, as we look at the text, each one of these soil types reflects potentially where we are at any given point in time in our Christian walk with God. Some of us might be wayside right now. 
to where this message might, or any message for that matter, any exhortation for that matter would be preached right into your hearing. You might actually read a scripture right there with your own eyes and immediately, as soon as the, script, the, the Bible is closed or as soon as these doors are, 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 are shut behind you, immediately you forget anything about it. As a matter of fact, I want to I wanna suggest to us that sometimes we have people in the pews, we have people who have come into the assembly, all right, and guess what? Their heart is not even focused on the word. They focus on everywhere and everyone and everything else but the word of God. So the word of God never has the capacity to penetrate anything. As a matter of fact, could I even get a little bit more real in, in context here? Some, there are some, some individuals, let me don't say some of us because this certainly doesn't happen in Antioch. There are some individuals when they sit there, all they sit and they listen to is to find something to, to contend or contest with. Well, I didn't like what he said, and so that's the only thing you, 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 you people grasp on to. Well, I didn't like how he worded this. Listen, if you are here focused on me trying to word things a particular way, then listen, you're focused on the wrong thing. Some people just sit there looking to find stuff to critique and, well, I didn't like how he said it. I didn't like the energy in the message. I didn't like, I didn't like, I didn't like, and you miss the entire purpose of the working of the Holy Spirit that day. So some of us might be wayside soil. Some of us are at a stage right now in our Christianity and in our walk with God that we are stony soil. You hear the word and you're, you're energetic about it. You, you love to hear it and you jump for joy, but guess what? The, 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 not enough roots have gone down. And as soon as some trial and tribulation come around, you are out of your faith. I think the term for that is fear weather or may weather type believer. You have all the energy in the world and all the faith in the world when things are going good, but as soon as things start to become a little shaky, your faith takes a dip. But some of us are also thorny soil right now. But the truth is, God wants us to get to a place of all of us becoming or being good soil. Who here doesn't want to be good soil? Because it's in the good soil that the word is able to be implanted. It's, it's in the good soil that the roots is able to grow deep. It's in the good soil that transformation actually takes place, not just in the immediate, but also for the eternal. It's in the good soil that we have longevity. It's in the good soil that we recognize that this race is not a 100-meter dash, but it's actually a race of endurance. It's in the good soil that we have change. It's in the good soil that we make change. It's in the good soil that we effect change. It's in the good soil that God requires that you and I, we need to be. But here's why I said we need to be careful and not become complacent because even at a stage of being good soil, here's what I've learned in agriculture for the short time in, on this space of the earth that I've been blessed to know agriculture, even good soil could become bad. So what might be good soil now to plant in potentially could encounter some things, some elements, flooding, etc., that could potentially make that same ground that was once good into something that is no good. You, you, you walk often enough or you, you drive often enough on what would be good ground, that could now become wayside or pathway soil. 
Uh, when you start digging up to, to, to lay foundation, you, you take good soil and ultimately you put dirt and gravel and all these different... I'm saying that good soil doesn't always remain good soil. There is an intentionality that has to be placed on the individual. If you think where you are right now is good, you need to be intentional about making sure that your soil, your heart, continues in that vein. Because the minute you and I get complacent, what was once good becomes thorny. What was once good becomes stony. What was once good becomes wayside. But I need for us to see this, and I hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll close on this point. I need for us to see that it all starts in the heart. So hear these words as I close. Hear my children, the instruction of a father. Give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, do not forsake this law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commands and live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will, she will, she will preserve you. Love on her. And she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get yourself some wisdom. In all your getting. Get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory she will deliver to you. Hear my children and receive my sayings and the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. When you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her for she is your life. Do not enter the path of, wicked, of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil. I and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone else miserable. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But, 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 but the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, my daughter, 
My children, give attention to these words. Incline your ear to these sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs every issue of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Because shallow roots never makes for strong trees.